Hey guys, welcome back to another Tokurific episode of Fan Holes Toku Thursdays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your orange slice to the stage hosts tonight, and joining me tonight are my other fruity flavored fan holes. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, I am another Justin. Hey guys, this is Tony. And I don't know if you have the strength inside of you to change fate. Well, I know that we all do, because we're changing our fates as we speak. Because you may have thought that we could never do another Gaim episode again, that me and Tony finished all there is to do with Gaim podcasting. But here we are. We're actually going to be talking about episodes of Common Rider Geo. And uh, on CO, Geo, whichever way you want to pronounce it, there are Legacy Rider tribute episodes, and two of the episodes we're going to be talking about tonight, the Legacy Riders are from Common Rider Gaim. So we kind of had an internal discussion amongst the fan holes and kind of said, hey, why don't we get together and talk about these episodes since they have something to do with Gaim? I, I was always kind of a proponent of maybe, even, even if it was just, you know, a suit actor and Kota was out getting his juice box, as Tony likes to say, you know, maybe covering, you know, other Gaim-related episodes that were not necessarily part of the main Gaim canon, but kind of little postscripts to Kamen Rider Gaim just to, to keep that train going. But this is one of those, you know, an example of one of those. And this episode, well, there, like I said, there's two of these episodes that make up the tribute to Kamen Rider Gaim. And the first episode is titled... CO on Parade, and of course, it's a tribute to Common Rider Gaim. It aired November 18th, 2018. It's written by Nobuhiro Mori and directed by Ka, let's see, Kazuya Kamihoriuchi. Kamihoriuchi. So basically, it opens up with Zio fighting another Gaim and Zio transforms into Gaim armor as Woes introduces him. And they are having a little kind of... It, it's weird, like, when he he transforms, he's got a sort of this catchphrase where it says, On Parade to the Flowered Path. And I was like, the way they kind of said it, like, it's like, kind of reminded me of when... Gaim's transformation would have the whole orange blossoms for the stage thing, like the tone of it, I guess. But of course, it's translated from Japanese, so they're not like, on parade to the flowered path. But it's like, it kind of sounds like that in Japanese. And so you've got 
Geo in Gaim armor, and he destroys another Gaim to save his friend Gates, but is warped to meet God Kota. God Kota tells him to have faith in the strength of his friends and then teleports him back. Sogo then comments that God Kota reminds him of the man who gave him the Gaim ride watch. Then we've got Timejackers Aura and Schwartz, who tried to recruit Gates to their side. Jun Ichiro Tokiwa, who is the uncle of Sogo, is thrilled to actually have a watch to repair from Woes, as Sogo and Sukuyumi are on their way out to check on Geitz. Woes seems to think their effort is misplaced, as Geitz isn't in his historical records. Sogo runs off in a white shirt, but then quickly returns in a blue shirt, wink wink, nudge nudge, and comments on the missing members of the dance groups, sounding like the work of timejackers. And in case you don't know what a timejacker is, in Zio, the timejackers are basically people from Zio's time that are messing with the time stream and changing it for their own benefit. Yeah. We then cut to Team Baron getting ready for a dance-off show, and a member tells their current leader, Asura, that he saw him become a monster. When he asks if Asura is responsible for the missing dancers, he transforms into another Gaim and sends the poor screaming kid to Helheim Forest. Another Gaim continues to rampage, but Geitz steps in to save... Or Gates steps in to save one of the crew and also gets ported to Helheim. Sogo, Tsukuyumi, and Woes arrive on the scene, and Sogo helps the hurt crew member while revealing he has the Gaim ride watch. In Helheim, Geitz wonders where he is. He hears the screams of Team Baron members being attacked by Inves and henshins into Kamen Rider Geitz and takes down two Inves with his battle axe. When another creeps behind him, we hear the voice of Kaito warn him of the third attacker in time to blow him away. Meanwhile, Junichiro, the uncle of Sogo, speaks with Sogo in the white shirt about woes. Tsukiyumi busts in and Sogo in the white shirt runs off, but then immediately Sogo in the blue shirt runs in the room. Confused, Tsukiyumi agrees to hear all about another guy. It turns out in 2013, when Asura was kicked off of Team Baron by Kumon Kaito, he became another Gaim after the Timejacker's involvement. He then sends all obstacles to Helheim. As Sogo in the blue shirt runs off, Sogo in the white shirt immediately re-enters. Tsukuyumi is even more confused, falls to her knees like she's about to give fellatio. And then she catches up with Sogo in the white shirt. Oh my shirt god. Oh my god. Well, that's what I was thinking of. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's where my brain is. <laughs> she catches up with Sogo in the white shirt, and Tsukuyumi finally notices. Come on. You totally. Anyway, and Tsukuyumi finally notices the different shirts. Meanwhile, in Helheim, Geis and Kaito search for a way out of the forest. Kaito then questions Geis's resolve. As Team Baron begins a dance show, they are confronted by Sogo. I keep saying Geitz, but it's Gates, but I can't stop saying that, but whatever. Forgive me. Sogo henshins into Sio, and Asura henshins into another Gaim. The crowd disperses, and the two fight. As Sio 
puts on the O's armor, another CO appears on the scene, blasting another guy before he can eliminate the O's CO. As the two duplicates stare each other down, they quickly work together to defeat another guy. CO blocks O's CO from engaging with another guy and takes a blast with the two of them. This reveals both the white shirt Sogo and blue shirt Sogo. Cut to Coda taking a break from his juice box to clean off the camera lens. And that is the first part of the Common Rider Gaim Legacy episode of Common Rider CO. I guess maybe it's worth going into what the hell Common Rider CO is all about. You want you want to you want to do that for me, Tony? You want you want to tell people from your point of view what Common Rider CO is all about? <laughs> Cosplay. Um, no. Um. Uh. Basically, Zio Geo. I say Zio, so don't feel bad about guides. I I say Zio. Everybody says it's Geo. I, I, I feel like yeah, I know. I feel like I say Zio too. Yeah, but basically this this is the the beginning of a new era, quote unquote. But not a lot has changed. This is like the the 20th anniversary of Rider Kicks, and it's, it's a it's a big uh, anniversary uh, series. And with that, the main writer Sogo, who is common writer Zio, yeah, almost said Zio again. Hit one of his big things is is the whole story. The whole story is about time travel because, and it's not a spoiler because they tell you in the first episode. He becomes this incredibly evil overlord called Omazio, and he basically makes shit pretty crappy for everybody on planet Earth. So a couple of rebels come back in time to try to, uh, at first, pretty much kill him, but uh, things happen, and, and Sogo is not the same person that they know in the future, at least not yet. Geo seems to be a nice guy. And he, he frequently says, even though he does want to be king, he wanted to be a king even before he gained the powers of Geo, he wants to be a good king. He wants to be a benevolent ruler. And to do that, he, he gains the powers of all the Heisei generation riders. And the, the interesting thing is, is by meeting these Heisei riders, their past becomes different. In the very first arc, he meets Build, and they never become like the, the two main uh, riders Build, and uh banjo this song and what banjo banjo i can't think of his uh his suit name Banjo, like they, they never become like the writers, and they, they, they go on to have a happy life, you know that kind of stuff. But it's not always that way, as Derek had mentioned with the Timejackers. They're kind of the big bads right now. They have the ability to find other people from that timeline and imbue them with the power of another writer, which is basically, for lack of a better explanation, a mutated form of that Heisei writer. So there you go. Is that about right? 
yeah, yeah. And and the, the I guess just in case anybody's not familiar with the I guess trope of of Zio, the idea is once the legacy writer passes on their ride watch, the only way another legacy writer, these mutated writers, can be defeated is by the legacy common writer bestowing their ride watch to Oma Zio. Like so in this case, he needs the Gaim Rider watch to defeat another Gaim. With the build, he needed the build rider watch from build before he could defeat the another build. So and, and Gates also has the ability to use legacy rider watches and he also can defeat other another rider. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting plot line. It's very tiny whiny. Yeah, I mean I, I I guess I, I don't know that I have a big problem with it. Like I've been enjoying the episodes and revisiting it. I think some people maybe are trying to make too much sense and logic out of the time travel and I, I don't think that holds up to intense scrutiny, so I'm kind of of the opinion, like, why bother? Like, why put yourself through, you know, the Shazam madness of, of, you know, pre-crisis and post-crisis? Like, just kind of go with it, you know? Like, just kind of accept, like, okay, you're going to meet people from the past and, you know, do their thing and stuff. So, you know, I'm not too super concerned with that. I don't know about you guys. Like, does does that aspect, the time travel aspect, bother you guys that it's not a very logical well thought out time travel or do you do you not mind that it's kind of more of a i guess i'll call it like a popcorny version of you know to me it's more back to the future time travel than it is you know i don't know like you know star trek the next generation time travel or something yeah it's like bill and ted's bogus you know uh, excellent adventure right right right. yeah I, i i mean i don't have a problem with it i mean i know I read where Mars had some issues with the show, which doesn't surprise me. But I mean, I at at this point, like, it, it may even sound weird to say, but the plot of the show isn't really that important. Like, this is a mm. anniversary project. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to have fun with it, and you're supposed to be excited when you see Fies or decade show up you're, yeah. gonna, you're supposed yeah. to be like oh look they got him back like this is gonna be cool we're we're gonna have wacky adventures and decade is gonna be, be you know beat the crap out of geo or something like that it's you're not supposed to like jump through hoops and make sense of it where i you know you know where i was trying to like make sense of discovery like you're not supposed to do that with common writer common writer doesn't really have a set canon like they all they just yeah. do whatever they want like depending on what actors they can grab and stuff. So it did, you know, none of that stuff like, matters. It's just supposed to be for fun. But but is anybody ever happy to see Decade? I'm just, I'm just wondering. <laughs> well, I was going to say, speaking of that mandate, I guess I'm going to turn it back on Tony. Like, were you excited to see Kaito and Kota in this to this point? Like, because I know you frequently, I guess, have been, you know, uh, but you've her. had your share of disappointments <laughs> that that you know Coda's been off with his juice box and it was just like a suit actor and they used like recycled audio from from previous shows to like sort of facilitate a a guy or, or, or he's stuck on a bridge right right or he's stuck on a bridge you know like things like that so so I I guess you know you, you don't have to spoil everything for the second episode but I mean w- were you suitably teased for this like did you did you have any reservations on this first episode? Like, what were your 
like I guess in in comparison to your previous disappointments, what what were you feeling like? Were you trepidatious? Were you cautiously optimistic? Were you just like, oh no, this looks pretty awesome? Like what were what were what was on your mind as far as like this this introductory you know first half of the legacy episode? I will say that the the movies had had thoroughly what's the word conditioned me to to hope for the best but expect the least. So I, I didn't go in with quite as much rampant fanboy enthusiasm. I wasn't like, man, Coda's going to be there. It's going to be so awesome. And man, he's not going to drink any fucking juice boxes. It's going to be great. Because it, it, it's also a series. In, in like the, the, the movies he shows up in, he's not the main character. And I understand that. He's not supposed to be. But especially in a series, I know he like was going to play a role. But this show is called, you know, G.O. So like, it's about Sogo. I'm, I'm okay with that. But that's totally fine. However, I think Coda did more the, in this than he did like in the movies he was in as far as, as like the non-suit actor. He was in different locations. He 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 was you know like common uh, writer Jesus for a minute, you know, and like yeah, I, I was pretty okay with that. Not expecting him to be a badass and save the day helped quell my 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 expectations. Knowing that this is Geo's show, I was expecting him to 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 save you know Sogo's ass. You know, I was expecting him to be like you know. Like, you know, hey, kid, I've got this. And, and actually, the little moment with Helheim, Overlord, Coda, and, and Sogo was, was actually kind of, I don't know, it, it was kind of sweet. Because it was like, it was a it was a king, quote-unquote, Coda, kind of giving advice to a future king. Like, you know, like, hey, if you don't want to be an asshole, maybe look at it like this. You know, and I'm like, hey, that, that's cool. That's a cool moment. And honestly, I did not expect Kaido at all. Kaido hasn't shown up beyond being a suit actor in many, many movies. And even if he has shown up, he's been a common writer baron, but like didn't do a whole lot or he was a bad guy or, you know, like a bad guy copy for most of it Then had a redeeming moment, just like Baron usually does. So seeing Kaido out of suit and still being Kaido was was pretty fucking cool, too. And it, it was interesting because, like, it'll be more explained in the, the next episode, which we'll go over, of course. But it is kind of interesting pairing him with Gates. You know, you have, you have both basically the secondary writers of their show, and they are both kind of hard asses, and they're both kind of tough guys. But even, even though Gates is, like, a tough guy, Kaido's kind of, kind of not impressed. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> They don't think you're strong enough, you know. It's like because because Kaido was Kaido. Kaito kwa Kaito. So as far as a Gaim fan, I was not let down as far as the appearances in the first episode. And second of all, just on an aesthetic note, some of the deluxe armors, I guess you would call that the the, the legacy armors that have been used. Me, me and Justin have a big problem with Fies. Gaim's armor is awesome. That that that's a pretty sweet looking little set of armor he's got. And honestly, I actually like the another writer version of Gaim. I was like, oh, yeah, he looks like he's a samurai. And he's got like a buster sword from like Final Fantasies. Visually, it worked, too, for me. See, I was going to ask you guys about what you thought of the Gaim armor, because I I think I like it, except for the little wings on the back. Like, those kind of confuse me. I'm like, what? why are they there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's a bit of greeble. It, it's there to to be pretty, I guess. I mean, well, I mean, you know, like I say, me and you both had problems with Fizes armor. It's much better than Fizes like upgrade armor. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, that's cool, but why do you have giant cell phones on your shoulders? <laughs> like that's really bizarre. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't I get mean, that either. 
I'm like, okay, I kind of get it because Spies, you know, would hinge in with his phone and he could like turn his phone into like a little laser gun sometimes. But I mean, I, it just looks so weird. Uh, some some of the suits are really nice. They manage to incorporate elements of the show, and you're like, okay, that's that's pretty cool. Because like for the game armor, I think you have like lock seeds on the shoulders. I'm like, okay, that's good. Like that's it's a solid look. But then it's like, uh, you've got like you know, a five cell phone or like the double armor. I don't know if you've seen it, but you've got like the giant Gaia memory sticks sticking out of each shoulder and it looks so weird. And I'm just like, why did you think that was a good design? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So far from the episode I've seen, the, the, the armors I've liked are Gates's ghost armor. That looks pretty badass. And I, I like uh, Sogo's build. I like Bill. I like uh, Forze, which I'm sure Derek's happy to hear. I like Guy. Yeah, those, those are the three I, I really like. I usually look forward to seeing, like, what, you know, what what CO will end up looking like once he gets armored up and everything. Oh, yeah, it's a cool build-up. But, like, I mean, like, Derek, you, you, if you have a different opinion, of course, that's fine. What do you think about the Fi's armor? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not I'm not exactly like you guys where I don't, you know, I don't tend to focus too much on, you know, the Super Sentai mech or, you know, the Gundam kind of designs or anything like that. Like, that, it's like, I, I think as far as the Gaim armor goes, I think it looks fine. Like, I wasn't too hung up on the extra orange wedges or whatever you know like things like that like I, I i think i'm fine with it so i don't i you know as far as like the, the only thing i'd say is that you know in some sense by design there's going to be things that clash because they they incorporate the co design within a pre-existing legacy common rider armor and i can see where that aesthetic can be off-putting because a lot of times they'll be clashing color schemes and and things that you know you know it's like they're not asymmetrical you know by you know kind of on purpose you know like so so i could see where you know somebody might look at it and go oh that's ugly you know what i mean like where it's like you know to, to me it's like the the notion of when we used to talk about you know gaim you know, being orange, but then he rides a grapefruit bike, and, like, oranges and grapefruits are in the same family of fruit, but, like, when you put a guy on a pink bike and a orange armor, it doesn't quite look aesthetically pleasing. So, you know, in some sense, you could say, like, right. okay, Zio's got all these pearls, but yeah. then, you know, they don't quite fit with maybe the, the oranges of, of Gaim, per se, or whatever, but I, I you know, I, 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 I'm kind of I think those are fine. Like, I don't, I don't think I, you know, I'm not stressing too much about those. I mean, it sounds like with you, Tony, like you, you tempered your expectations for Kota and maybe dare I say your expectations were subverted because you didn't expect Kaito to even be around, you know? So like you, 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 you tempered one set of expectations and you got a little more than you expected for, for something, you know, sort of out of left field or whatever. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got, I got, I guess what you would say, a lot of bang for my buck. I, I didn't expect that. So, yeah. Speaking of armor designs, I know we're mainly concentrated on the Gaim aspect of these two uh, episodes. Geo and Gates, their base forms, those are some pretty slick suits. I, I think those both look really good. Yeah, you know, you know what's funny is I didn't, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm slow on the uptake because, like I said, I don't pay attention too much to the suits, but it's like, oh, like, you know, CO, because this is all about, you know, save the clock tower and shit and time travel. 
you know, like his his actual face mask is a clock. And I, I don't think that really dawned on me until it was like explicitly pointed out and I was just kinda like, Oh, it is it is a clock. <laughs> like, so I didn't I didn't pay attention to too much of that stuff. It, but his armor is, is, is kinda like a watch band, if you notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like there's 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 that there's that theme to the episode and then and then it's kinda cool in the their I guess their home base, you know, the watch shop and everything. There's always supposed to be like all these nods to to previous like Heisei series and writers and stuff there's like all these little easter eggs you know that that are in the background and stuff like that so you know i i think that kind of aspect of it is cool because you know it's kind of like what justin was saying you're not supposed to like dwell on the whys of it it's just supposed to be a fun tribute to to past series and shows and everything and i think in that sense you know that this episode you know does its job to sort of wet your appetite you know like i mean i guess for me i was a little concerned because i was like oh is that it like is that is that as much as we're gonna see you know but i think we we do get some more stuff in yeah the subsequent episode and i think you know I, i'd probably go to say that my my fears are unfounded as far as that goes yeah i, I will say also if anybody wants to pick up watching geo a lot of that stuff is explained in what they they call half episodes like episode 11 episode 12 is it just episode 11 to episode 12 there's a episode called 11.5 it's, it's a short like filler thing but the filler is expl- explaining the script sometimes they'll poke fun at themselves sometimes those are the best part of the entire you know i guess episode or, or side episode or whatever you know like just seeing them all kind of there, there's a lot of inoki stuff and they talk about like the writers and the the behind the scenes stuff and and you know there's a lot of breaking the fourth wall with the actors talking about their characters and things like that and they make a lot of meta self-referential kind of humor is involved in those and i, I gotta i mean i guess i guess maybe i've become accustomed to a japanese sense of humor but i i think those are hilarious like i think all of them are really really funny usually you know so like i've i've kind of enjoyed all those little interstitials you know between the the you know the proper episodes, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, I, I love the one where Dan, the, the actor who plays Dan, was just given, like, the actor who plays Sogo just shit for breaking, right. like, when he was doing his lines. I like the little bits of information where they talk about filming. Like, I think it was the actor who plays Gates. They, they were talking about deleted scenes, and they talked about how he was on set for, like, 12 hours, and then he finally got to film his scene. Yeah, yeah. And they cut his scene, and they showed him... If I showed a picture of like him sleeping on set or something, and you're just like, "Oh man, like he, you were on set for 12 hours, and after all that, they cut your scene." Like I, oh man, like I, I think I would be kind of irritated if that happened to me. But you know, yeah, I, I just wanted to mention those because I, don't, I know a lot of people would think like, "Oh, I don't have to watch this," and you don't. You don't have to watch it to enjoy the series, but it definitely, I think, if you enjoy like if you watch the first episode and you enjoy it, I think it enhances the series a whole lot. I think it's a, it's a good. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah. It definitely adds to the enjoyment factor. I think the the only other thing that I was kind of dwelling on, and I, I don't know if anybody else dwelled it, but Gates, like, his name is, like, German, and, like, I don't know if it's just a matter of, again, the Japanese pulling, like, a, you know, Neo and Evangelion type thing where it just, you know, it's something that looks cool or sounds cool, and they just incorporate it just because. But... I, I started to wonder because I'm like, oh well, that kind of means like it, it's like 
it, it kind of means like it can mean like stingy or greedy or you know things like that so i i was just wondering if that played a part in his character or not you know what i mean like 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 if he was actually named that not just because it sounded cool but because maybe there are aspects to him that are going to be reflected based on what that name means but i you know i don't know i i don't know that i necessarily see that like i don't know that i see him as necessarily greedy and or stingy but maybe he could become that way like i don't know i took his name too literally like even though it's not spelled that way, like you said, it's it's German. Like mm-hmm. you know, the pronunciation is Gates, like a so like gate, some kind of and some kind of gatekeeper or something. Yeah, or or like you know, he he he's yeah, or or he's supposed to keep Sogo out of time. You know, like mm. the, the the you know like locking the gate. You know, like you okay. can't get, be Omazio. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, something. I don't know. I mean, it's still early in the series, so you know. There's there's a shot I really like. It's when they're at the Baron concert, you know, like Sukiyomi pushes Sogo up, you know, in front of the crowd to like challenge him. And you have like this, you know, long shot. You see like this huge crowd of people and there's a bunch of people on the stage. And then as soon as everyone transforms, like everyone melts away, runs away. And you're left with like just three people in this huge area. I I just like the way that sequence was shot and and um, composed. It looks really nice. Just to see this huge credible, you know, wash away. You've got just three people kind of left. I I, I really like that. If if you are a fan of the dancing parts in Dime, Team Baron definitely has up their game. They're not just dancing in a park on like you know a riser. They they've got like a full stage and like Justin said like a throngs of like fans and stuff and i'm like oh wow that 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 makes the whole guy dance beat writers thing how popular it was supposed to be it actually makes it seem like that in this universe is like oh okay so the whole beat writers thing is is like a, a big pop culture thing so yeah because the, the the another writer uh what's his name Derek? uh sura sura or asura, um, asura. You know, like, yeah, yeah asura he, he he is considered a huge star like you know, his his ambitions to to make Baron this big thing are, are coming true because of like you know because of the another the another writer power, but at the same time, he wouldn't be that big star if people weren't into this whole you know beat writers thing. It, it was just kind of like you know, we, we we made fun of the dancing, but that was kind of cool, yeah. Well, that, that's kind of the time jackers modus operandi, right? Like they kind of find people that are in their darkest hour at their lowest ebb and then they freeze time and sort of offer them another option and so instead of him i guess instead of history playing out how it conceivably normally did if if kaito normally would have just kicked him out of team baron instead you know you you have asura becoming another gaim and then essentially banishing anyone who gets in his way as far as, you know, becoming the leader of Team Baron, becoming a dance, you know, superstar, you know, or whatever. Like, so yeah. he, he literally, like, you know, takes the opposition and, and, and basically, you know, hides them away or whatever. The one thing, like, I mean, I and again, I know we just got through, like, saying you're not supposed to, like, dwell on things too much and not, you know, try to you know, pick apart, like, the time travel and stuff like that. The only other thing I was trying to think of in terms of Gaim continuity is I was wondering, like, 
how did they survive so long in Helheim? Like, because you think like they'd like die of starvation or eat like, you know, Helheim fruit or something. Like, I, I kind of wondered like why those kind of things didn't happen or, or, you know, if it was just, you know, for the ease of the story, they just didn't want to touch on those kind of things. I, I did think about that because Kaito said he'd been trapped there for five years and I was like, Dude, like, what have you been eating? Like, wh where did you go to the bathroom? Like, where have you been sleeping? Like, I don't get it. Well, at the bathroom, yeah, yeah. I think at the bathroom, I think we can figure out. But you know, where 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 he got his where he got his there's a lot of leaves cleaned and pressed and 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 where he got his happy meals. You know, like I think is is kind of the more pressing questions. But yeah, yeah. So so, right. so Justin, your, your your biggest question is is like. How does Kaido look so fresh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you've been pooping in Helheim for five years. You'd think he'd kind of look a little ragged, but I guess he's got, you know, he's got his, uh, you know, scope and Listerine. And I've got 40 cliff bars in my trench coat. Another shot I like, and Derek kind of joked about it, but I do like that shot where Tsukuyomi is kind of squatting behind a can. You only see her from the eyes up because it's like, mm her head hurts from all this like sogo duplicates running around and she's like trying to figure this shit out and it's like it's kind of like she's gave up and she's squatting behind this counter and she's kind of you hear her voice but i kind of feel like she's mostly it's a it's a close up you know on her head but i i kind of feel like she's mostly acting with her her eyes and maybe facial expressions and i i just thought that was an interesting way to frame that because um, you i mean you could have just did it normally where she's like sitting in a chair and she's just like oh i've got such a headache and you know she's exasperated but instead she's kind of like it's it's almost like she's being defensive and hiding yeah. I, I don't know i just i just thought that was kind of a interesting choice to film it that way block it that way gates is very stoic but, but it ain't like sogo and, and Tsukiyami. like they, they do seem to have moments of almost comical like uh uh gestures and stuff especially sogo he 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 tends to he acts big is that the right term derek i mean yeah i mean i i i don't know that he i don't think he overdoes anything i think i think he kind of plays up like the there, there's an aspect to him that's very innocent and wide-eyed but i don't i don't think he ever overdoes it like like, I mean, we can get into more detail in the second episode, but I, I think there's aspects to this where the, 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 the comic hijinks that occurs because of the dual Sogos is, is very, like, Three's Company. You know, it's very kind of, <laughs> you know, wacky sitcom misunderstanding, and there's, there's a lot of... Sogo, what did you do? <laughs> there's a lot of physical comedy, and it's kind of what Justin was getting at with with Tsukiyumi, like doing her, you know, the 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 sort of cowering, yeah, you know, the physical nature of her response to the situation, where it's not it's not about her verbalizing or a line delivery; it's more about her actually reacting to the the insanity of what she's experiencing the kind of you know that she's overwhelmed and everything and i think you know i think i think sogo almost plays it like i i think the reason why it's funny with sogo is he plays a lot of it straight 
Like, you know, he's, he's, he, I don't know that he's necessarily the straight man, but he, he just takes it all seriously, but yet it is, it is kind of an amusing scenario either way. The, the three leads, I think they're all good actors. They're really good actors. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that assessment. I mean, I, I enjoy them all. Like, I think they're, I think they're very good. I mean, I, I think, I think most of the cast is good and you can, it's, it's interesting because you can see that a lot in the interstitials with with you know some of them are very different from their character you know what i mean like like they're they're kind of everyday personality versus the character and you can see them all interacting and having fun with one another and i think that that it seems like they all have a they have a good shared chemistry too so like i think in some cases like people may be good actors but they may not you know gel with certain co-stars and things like that but i think these these kids all sort of you know definitely gel very well with one another and they play off of each other pretty well and i think that definitely works out for them yeah a lot of that comes through during those supplement episodes where they're like you know they had the physical script in front of them and they're reading and you can kind of see them like laughing and you know kind of like turning away to hide like a, a to stifle a laugh or something like you you can tell yeah. the, the chemistry a lot through those too but I mean, honestly, I genuinely think like on the set they have a lot of fun. I think they actually enjoy doing this show, you know. Uh, unless you're waiting twelve hours for a shot that ends up getting cut, <laughs> <laughs> you fall asleep. <laughs> true, true, yeah, true. <laughs> Not every day is a picnic. <laughs> Professor Zoom Yukonori led an ongoing expedition through his favorite single-issue comic book stories from the Bronze Age of DC Comics. With unique celebrity guest perspectives to set this program apart from other comic book review podcasts. Solomon Grundy don't understand. Entity Terraman. I'm not following either. Bizarro totally get it. I intend to participate in your podcast show of wonders. As if I wasn't nervous enough. Little Professor Man, mansplaining again. Accessing files. Experience the wonder, Bizarro. What in tarnation did you do? Adios, partner. Me am Bizarro Terra Man. Goodbye. Of the Done in One Wonders podcast wonder show. Watch out, you square brain varmint. Only on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. But the the second half, the, the follow-up episode, is titled Me X My Stage 2013. And again, this is a tribute to Common Rider Gaim. The air date for this episode was November 25th, 2018. And again, it's written by Nobuhiro Mori and directed by Kazuya Kami Horyuchi. And we start off with Sogo meeting Sogo and Woes, and uh, Woes can tell that the the blue-shirted Sogo is actually from the future. And so you've got Tsukuyumi and Woes both, uh, you know, aggressively yelling at the blue-shirt Sogo, basically chastising him for traveling through time. And, you know, again, we talked about the comedic aspects, and you've got, you know, the blue-shirted Sogo hiding basically behind his past self. And then you've got Tsukuyumi basically chewing out the white-shirted Sogo, which is kind of funny. And Woes eventually relents and accepts that this time travel is basically the will of his overlord, you know, the great Omazeo. 
And Gates, meanwhile, is in Helheim and he's marking trees to track his path as they try to get out of the Helheim forest. And there's some funny bits again with comedic hijinks where the two Sogos speak in stereo and the blue-shirted Sogo uh, recounts his meeting with God Kota. And Woes still doesn't really see the point in saving Gates if Sogo has the guy Bride Watch already. But both Sogos are basically determined to save Gates, and Tsukuyumi agrees with him. Future Blue Shirt Sogo is telling past White Shirt Sogo where he can go to obtain the Gaim Bride Watch. And then Gates is continuing his trek through Helheim, and eventually he lies down in frustration, and this gives an opportunity for Kaito to come along and find him, and they recount their earlier talk about his resolve. Kaido tells Gates to prove his resolve to use his own strength. And Asura speaks with Timejacker Schwartz, and Woes confronts Schwartz. As Sogo and Tsukuyumi poke their heads through the windows of the address building given to them by future Sogo, a pair of oranges falls atop their heads. And we can see Koda is at the top of the windowsill, and he apologizes profusely, but ends up dropping more fruit from above. So when he comes downstairs, they notice the ride watch on Koda's keychain. Asura then appears to attack Sogo as another dime. Sogo henshins to Sio, and Koda looks on and realizes the ride watch should go to Sogo. Koda gives him the ride watch, tosses it to him, and says, Something tells me this is for the best. Invest then appear from Helheim, and Zio fights on as Tsukuyumi gets an annoying stereo call from future Sogo. Timejacker Schwartz pauses the fight between Zio, the Invest, and another Gaim to take the Ride Watch and send it to Helheim. It looks as if Woes has betrayed them, but this is all part of future Sogo's master plan. There's some comic hijinks with Uncle Junichiro possibly seeing two Sogos and some translated expressional Pictionary. So again, this is kind of the comedic hijinks, the, the, the you know, Three's Company hijinks, which we can get into detail later, but that's what's going on here. Future Sogo wanted Geitz to get the Ride Watch in Helheim, so he'd end up coming back to their plane of existence. And then as Asura practices his dance routine, Sogo comes to fight him. Both henshin into another guy and Sio. Kaito then gives Gates the heads up about the bike ride watch to jump the cliff and get to the zipper portal exit out of Helheim. Gates finds his inner strength and pulls a common rider Evil Knievel busting through to the real world. Sio now has the Gaim ride watch and future Sogo can take the time machine back to the team to also fight another Gaim back then before he was created. The orange slash that Zio in the armor uses is pretty badass, and then a squash time break cuts another guy to many pieces in both time frames. God Koda states, To have faith in one's friends is what it means to be a king. Gates walks off, but Sogo is just happy that he's alright. Team Baron is then released from Helheim, no more pooping in Helheim Forest, <laughs> and Kaido is telling Asura to get out of his sight. Back at the homestead, Gates returns with some fried chicken for all to eat, and is welcomed back, 
He vows, though, to defeat Zio. Woes, meanwhile, is shocked that his history book has suddenly changed, and now he's seeing Gates' name. Next up, Takaru Tenkuji, Kamen Rider Ghost. So that's basically how the episode, the, the second half episode, and the Egaim Legacy episodes conclude. I, I I do dig all this Three's Company type stuff. Like, I know I said we'd get into it, and I'll, I'll probably start there. But, like, I, I love, like, that there's two of them, and they're trying to hide from the uncle, and then they, they get behind one another. And then my favorite is, like, as they kind of just converse with each other without speaking, but you have all the crazy subtitles and everything. Like, that probably is my favorite comedic bit, and you can tell, like, they really, really work well together. I mean, that that that's pretty expertly done, and it cracks me the fuck up. Like, I think that's great. I, I really like the part where Sogo is explaining everything. Basically, past Sogo is like, you know, how do we do this, me? And, like, they, they, they like, hug each other, and they're like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, it's funny. You think like that could turn out to be like really awkward, like like a, 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 a really poor actor could probably not pull that off. But it's it's kind of funny where it's like, thanks me. Like, like, I guess kind of what we were referring to before. I mean, it does have that, you know, Bill and Ted vibe of, you know, Bill and Ted meeting Bill and Ted. It's like, how's it hanging, dudes? You know, it's very much like, you know, Sogo is, you know, I mean, it's not exactly like that, but it's very much like, how's it hanging me? And it's like, I agree with you. We we, we concur because we're both the same person, you know, like we <laughs> yeah. agree, you know, it's like, it's funny how that works out that way. Yeah. I don't know. I did like, you know, I don't know if I laughed out loud, but I, I definitely cracked a smile when I was like, okay, that, that's just good comedy. <laughs> that's good stuff. Well, you're talking about Three's Company stuff. When when Toda is dropping the oranges, it is so easy to forget that early on he was such a klutz and like not good at anything. Mm, mm. I thought it was interesting. His little box of fruit, it's like there's oranges grapes and pine cones i was like oh that's a nice little uh little uh easter egg i guess yeah it's a, a nod to like like tony saying that the the, the the klutzy nature is a little nod to early episodes and then the, the the selection of fruit is a nod to all the kind of different gears and armors and everything so yeah that's kind of interesting man i miss kaido like he he that that guy is so good that actor is so good and I understand, like, the way the, the, the quote-unquote timeline works now. Like, these guys have never been writers. But it is interesting that, like, he kind of, you know, was like, you know, yeah, totally use that bike. That'll that'll break out of the Helheim. And I'm like, yeah, weren't you, like, one of the first ones to figure that out? <laughs> How to, like, go back and forth to Dale? It was like, you know, again, another nod, you know. It was like, because he used the... uh the cherry blossom uh, bike to uh, to go to Helheim and then and back. And I was like, hey, you know, I was like, how do you know that? Well, he's just smart. He's a he's a smart cookie. You know? <laughs> I, I did think it was also funny that like, do, do you think like the the way Kai is written, the way that the, the character is? This is what I was want to ask you two guys. Gates has been shown to be a badass and and have like. A lot of resolve, and there was there was a, a, a small storyline building up to this, where he was starting to gain a lot of affection for Sogo, and he was worried about that. He was like, "No, I don't want to be his friend," but he was starting to be swayed because Sogo's such a nice guy, so genuine. Do you, do you think Kaido, being who Kaido is, 
Kaito kwa kaito. That, that should be one of my tropes. I would say Kaido being Kaido. Kaito kwa kaito. Like, is he putting Gates on a bad path by saying, you know, resolve your strength? Or just like Kaido, how his arc went, he'll find out that, like, even though he's strong, very powerful, a very, you know, formidable opponent, his weakness was not having faith in Coda. And do you think that might be something that they might be hinting at with Gates? You know, it's like he, he's so determined to destroy Omazeo, Geo, whatever. But do you think at some point he'll be like, you know, because I don't know how the series is going to play out. We're, we're not that far into it, so this is still conjecture. But but I don't I just don't see how they're going to make this series have, you know, Sogo be Omazeo. There's going to be something that's going to make him the good guy. You know, like, I don't know. I, I just saw that parallel. I mean, he said don't read too much into it, but I think I was. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I think that what you're saying is, I think, where most of our heads are at. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to have Sogo turn out to be a villain, you know, and, and furthermore, you know, you, you might wonder, would Gates end up taking that role or at least you know it seems like at the very least they're setting it up as a rivalry so at some point you know they're gonna have to do the naruto sasuke like drag down knuckle fight type thing right like they're gonna have to do the fight in the waterfall and beat the crap out of each other at some point so i mean it's 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 building up to that i mean that's what i would expect the, the thing that might defy your expectations is what if it turns out that now that Gates is in the book, he becomes, you know, the, the Omazeo, and you just didn't realize that, you know, he didn't realize he was himself, or, so, you know, some kind of monarch, Hawk, Hank Hall nonsense, or whatever, you know, something like that, I could see going down, or something, and then, you know, you've got, I think, an, I mean, it, I don't think it's just Baron, I think there's a number of parallels where you, you can see, like, when they deal with writers, it's like when Common Rider Beast showed up, you know, he palled around with Gates, not with Sogo. So I, I think you'll have those things where you have those, you know, secondary or rival writers, you know, and, and the, the, there would always be that dynamic. Like, it would make sense that Sogo is the one to talk to Coda and that Gates is the one to talk to Baron because they 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 are that archetype in their own shows. So I guess they're they're going with, you know, the, the like-minded archetypes are going to be the ones to bond. You know, does 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 Gates get something positive out of that interaction? I mean, I think I think there it, it, it's like this tough love encouragement, you know, like so yeah, there's yeah. there's that aspect to it. Like I mean he, he doesn't you know he doesn't cry and stay stuck in Helheim. He gets he gets out of his, his own head and, and, and escapes and everything. What does he I, I, I don't I, I think he's a little blindsided in terms of you know, he doesn't seem to acknowledge what Soga did for him, you know, or Sogo did for him, you know, like, because, you know, he's, he's kind of hell bent on, like, I will defeat you, you know, he's, you know, sent house every five minutes and all that kind of stuff, right? So you're like, oh, like, he, he's trying to be this focused, determined person. And I think that's how he, you know, I think there's a discrepancy between strength and being single-minded, right? Like, like in sure. some sense, yeah. having focus and being single-minded and getting something done, like, okay, there's a strength to that. But if you 
if you become oblivious to everything else around that because of your focus, then yeah, then then that may that may not be the strength that you were really hoping to achieve. So uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out and everything. But I mean, I I, I find all the characters fun and interesting. I you know. I like Tsukiyumi. I I find her interesting too because it, you you would think both these people traveling through time like it seems like their end goal is to sort of change the events of their present, but Tsukiyumi is not in this kind of scorched earth mentality. You know, like it seems like she's trying to just be this positive influence on Sogo and hopefully you know, change things for the better in her own way. Well, it, it, well I think it's also because she's, she's constantly surprised by this version of Geo. Like, she, she came back expecting to be, like, an asshole. And then she's like, wait, it, this guy's not an asshole, you know? Right, right. That, that it's somebody who's moldable or, or could be more receptive to to change, you know, or, or at least more receptive to avoiding the future that they're there to prevent you know yeah yeah whereas like you said gates when he looks at sogo he only sees Obazio. that's all that's all he sees he sees like you know he sees the terminator he sees judgment day more or less you know <laughs> yeah 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 no I, I i well i just like kaido i just thought they had a lot of good interactions but your point is valid like there have been more than a few episodes where a secondary writer has been in contact with them. They 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 do share similar qualities because usually secondary writers are usually either a hot headed, b stubborn, or c both. You know, so yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there's a roguish aspect to them. You know, they 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 are fulfilling the Han Solo archetype of of the common writer universe, whereas. You know, Coda's doing more the Luke Skywalker Jedi archetype. You know, and so naturally, you know, uh, to me, I think it's pretty natural. Like the 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 primary writer in this show, you know, Co would would go towards that that archetype, the Luke Skywalker archetype. Whereas the 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 roguish, you know, whether you call him hot headed or brash or you know, just kind of, you know, there's a level of arrogance to a lot of those secondary writers, you know, and, and so, you know, there, or, or maybe cockiness would be a good way to describe it, you know, like things like that, you know, so, yeah, and, and those, those characters, I think, probably gravitate towards one another, you know, not necessarily like, you know, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, similars attract or anything, but it's, it's, it's just it's interesting to pair those two together and see Kaito push Gates to be, you know, uh, I guess maybe live up to his full potential in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Like like Kaito's whole agenda is he, he's always pushing for strength, and you know he's even stated you know if somebody is stronger than him, he he would acknowledge it, but he refuses to let anyone be stronger than him. Until, you know, that, that you know, final part of Gaim where he's like, you know, Kota, you are stronger than I ever expected and all that good stuff. But, like, yeah, that, that, is, that is Kaito in a nutshell. He, he is not ignorant to other people being strong, but he just wants to be stronger. You know, so him, like, telling Gates, you know, if you want to be strong, you have to do it yourself. You know, like, I, I can tell you to be stronger, but I, I can't make you stronger, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, and that was always the notion of, of Kaito. He's like, I'm not going to help you down from the tree. I'm going to tell you to jump and do it yourself, you know, and, and you'll be 
you'll be a better person for having done that, you know, yourself and learned how to do it. Whereas, you know, you, you, you do something for all these people and then they don't, you know, they, they don't learn or learn how to do it on their own. And then when the next time comes and they're stuck in a tree, then they're up shit Creek without you, you know? So that's not, you know, to Kaito, that's always been true strength. So, yeah, it, it, yeah. you know, it's, it's him kind of saying, show, show me your true strength, you know, and, and prove to me that you've got this, you know, and, and, and you know, that's, I, again, like, it's interesting, like, if you go back to what you were saying, a gatekeeper, or that gates is literally, because it sounds like the word gate, you know, like, there, there's an aspect to that with, with Kaito as well, you know, like, he's, he's basically uh, someone, you know, a legacy, you know, common writer, and, and he's kind of holding the keys to another gate, which is, you know, the true strength gate, like, if I give you my stamp of approval, then, then gates can move forward from that point and and essentially he does do that so so the story can keep moving forward sure yeah yeah was there any interactions like that you liked you know with, with this like you know were you with the were you down with the coda and the in the sogo or were you down with the gates and the, the the kaito i don't know i guess i like the um kota interactions more like him just dropping the oranges on their heads and i like the little sequences at the beginning and the end where he was kind of god kota and he was trying to bestow a little wisdom onto Sogo. I think I like those sequences, but, you know, I, I liked all the stuff with um, Kaito in the forest, too. I think it's interesting that God Kota, or, you know, Kami Kota, you know, it's like the fact that he is so powerful that he is beyond timejacking, you know, like he's beyond being affected by space-time changes in the continuum. Like, that, that kind of reminds me of, like, things like the dark side in the fourth world, where it's like, oh, what you know, apocalypse is outside of regular space. Like, you need a boom tube to get there. Like, these people are so, they're, they're, they're such gods that, you know, it's like the destruction of the multiverse is not necessarily going to have the same impact on them as it would on normal life forms. And so, like, in, in some sense, like, if you if you have a certain level of fan aura for Kota, like that's an interesting way to get your cake and eat it too, you know, have your cake and eat it too, because, you know, God Kota is so powerful that he's beyond being affected by it. He's like, Oh, your timey wimey bullshit doesn't hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. As far as, as far as the series goes, he, he should not exist, but he's like, no, I do exist. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I totally do exist. Like, you know, you know, stick it up your bum, but, but at the same time, you do get to have the aspect of, you know, the Kota who is affected, and, 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 you know, you, you get to have both of those, so I, I think that's kind of, uh, you know, interesting for the, the, the fan aura aspect of it, and that, that, that is, it, it's preserved, but yet they still get to tell their story at the same time. There's there's all these you know fan theories of who's the most powerful common writer. I mean, personally, I'm like Coda's a god. He wins. I mean, there's a lot of powerful common writers, but he's a god. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, he he's not a common writer anymore. He's Coda, the the Overlord, the Helheim Overlord. But I uh, just like you know, like it, does that mean that like you know he's gonna come down and always win every fight no he's, he's, he's the storyline does what the storyline does but like like you said 
he is so powerful that like he could just shrug off like time jacker bullshit. You know, he's like, yeah, there's another coda, and you know that that's the code everybody knows, and he's not he's not Gaim, but I'm I'm still God. I'm still a God. You know, I'm here. I'm cool. And also, I will say one thing. Because even though I am very, very uh, much of a, a Gaim fan, and I, I love Gaim, um, I was never a big fan of Coda's god form when he first showed up in the uh, the the finale of Gaim, because it looked like he had a radiator on his chest or some shit. The updated version of God Coda is much better. He looks he looks kind of like a Japanese uh, Elvis, which is which is pretty cool. <laughs> I want to help you out here, uh, Elgo. <laughs> Uh, I like you, Sogo. Always have, always will. Here, why don't you try this cheeseburger? <laughs> the whole thing with Waz, you say Woz, I say Waz. You say Geo, I say Zia, whatever. Let's call the whole thing off. With Gates appearing in the book, that is obviously a crip in Waz's plan, not to, to get too far into like what's going to happen in the future, because I don't know. Was Gates never supposed to be important? Because... It seems like there's sometimes where Waz even acts like he doesn't exist, almost. I mean, that that seems to be the insinuation. I mean, it, it, it it's like he wasn't in the book. They didn't expect him to come back in time and be a monkey wrench. Like, but yet there he is, and he's got you know rider watches and everything. So like clearly like the, the it. it I, I guess, you know, again, that's something you're not supposed to dwell on too much in terms of the logistics of it, but he's clearly having an effect on the time stream, and that would mean that things are changing. So you, you can get to the point where conceivably, you know, Sogo is the good guy and Gates turns out to be the bad guy because it, it, it may turn everything on its head. Like, you, you don't really know. Yeah, true. Yeah, he's, he's so traumatized. Like, you know, you like, you know he, might, he might turn out to be the big bad. But uh, I, I, I think... The way I see it, the movies didn't give me the fan service I wanted because I expected a, a big punch of fan service. And with these two episodes, I was just expecting Koda to show up. I was expecting, like, you know, Sogo to turn into Gaim, you know, the, the Gaim version of, of uh, Geo. And that's what I got. But then I got so much more. And, and like I said, like even Coda surprised me because the actor did do more scenes than I expected. He he did the God Coda thing, and you know that was that that was very nice. You know it was like that. You know, <laughs> Derek, if, if, if it makes you like you know a little bit happier, just ease my 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 annoyance at the uh, <laughs> the lack of uh, enjoyment in the in the movies. This this definitely was a nice uh, salve on my my. My open scar of, of the movies. No, no, that's good. I'm happy for you. I like this episode. I mean, like like I've been saying, I, I think Justin's attitude is probably the most sound. You know, like like these episodes are supposed to be fun. You, you basically take what you can get with the actor's schedules and just, you know, try to make this fit and enjoy it and not get too hung up on, you know, expectations or anything like that and you know this is kind of like in a way since it's time travel and things are being changed throughout the course of the episode i mean in its own sense it's like a nice way to revisit some of these past characters but they aren't necessarily exactly the same characters you remember either 
so so they you know it gives them a little leeway to, to do something a little new with them you know if they want to or or something that might not be a hundred percent carbon copy you know revisitation or reiteration of, of a past show or whatever you know so yeah, yeah i'm fine with that i enjoyed it and 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 i you know to this point i'm enjoying geo co you know like i said i i like gates i like super yumi and i like sogo and they're the core of the the cast and everything i mean you know there, there's some aspect where it seems like you know uh woes or you know waz is is playing you know a, a long game and and in some sense there there's aspects to his character where you're like is he really you know his goals aren't necessarily parallel to sogo's goals but you know they they sort of they they have a you know kind of in in some sense there's a mutual you know sense of accomplishment between the two of them i i don't think they're always going to be perfectly aligned as the series progresses i mean for all we know waz is the one who who becomes you know what i mean to me i'm that those, those that's the kind of logic or the line of thinking that i'm in like that that omazeo that the evil omazeo could turn out to be you know one of these other characters yeah yeah, yeah. like, like waz wants to build up sogo so he could steal his power and become you know the zeal right 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 you know so something like that but but you know sogo is going to end up being the just you know ruler or what have you yeah yeah exactly and i have found myself becoming more and more interested as the story progresses it, it definitely it is good it's quality it, it's not something that turns me off but the the acting is good the the secondary characters are good hell i like the time jackers the, the only time jacker i don't like is the girl just because she hasn't done a whole lot but like i like the little dipshit kid is an asshole and then like schwartz is like you know obviously supposed to be the 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 big bad time jacker so you know he's the one in charge so but i, I like that dichotomy and, and and like characters like waz who like like you said you don't know if it's or bad that helps the narrative especially when like i, I love it whenever he announces whenever uh sogo gets a new form you know it's like the great omazeo has achieved like you know the latest common writer. <laughs> he has achieved the power of, you know, guy. I mean, I don't know. It's just, he, he is, he is such a ponce and such a, a trumpet player. I mean, like he, he, he's a, what, what were those, those called? The, 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 the guy who, who would play the, the long horn when the king comes in. He plays the fanfare for his king. But, but yeah, like you said, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Is he neither? Is he just out for Waz? And I was like, you know, what's going on? So I, I, I do I do see myself being able to be pulled more into this show. And, and God didn't hurt. That, like I said, that, that definitely, you know, piqued my interest. You know. Get on with the ceremony. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take that from Justin as as it's time to that we've, we've said our piece. It's it's time to pretty much wrap this up. I I will just say that as far as the time jackers go, surprise surprise, I like the the bad evil girl that's a time jacker. You know, I think she's cool too. So I'll just throw that in there. 
It's a what is it? Is it let's see, Schwartz and then Aura. Her name is Aura, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think Aura's yeah, cool. Little kid. Like I like I like Aura. Yeah. Um. So she is cute. Yeah, yeah she so, is cute. So, I'll give you that. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I, and I think she's she's got that kind of you know nasty streak in her. Like like you can see it. Like so, I think she's you know beyond just being cute. You know, like I think she she sells she sells the evil girl pretty well. You know, I, I, you know, to me, I think the, the time jackers are a good collective of villains, you know, much in the same line as the collective of villains in Jetman or the collective of villains in O's, you know, like the greed, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're they're cool. Like, like, as opposed to like what I say about most like super Sentai, like, you know, suit kind of monsters where they serve their purpose and I kind of forget about them. Like, I think, I think the Time Jackers are going to be a memorable collective of villains. But yeah, so having said that, this was our episode on Kamen Rider Zio. It was the legacy episode regarding Kamen Rider Gaim. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Toku Thursdays, you can check out the backlog of all our Toku Thursdays episodes over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, you can email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, Orange Blossoms to the Stage, signing off. This is Justin, signing off. This is Tony. I'm going to go myself. But it's cool because it's the past me. It's, it's not weird. You say either and I say either. You say neither. I say neither. Either, either. Neither, neither, let's call the whole thing off. You say potato, I say patata. You say tomato, I say creole tomato. Oh, let's call the whole thing off. Oh, if we call the whole thing off, then we must part. And oh, if we ever part, that would break my heart. So I say oyster, you say oyster. I'm not gonna stop eating oysters just cause you say oysters. Let's call the whole thing off.
surprised the shit out of me. I was like, oh shit, they got Kaido. <laughs> I thought it'd be like Coda and like fucking Mitchy or something. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't. Yeah. Mitchy's the, <clears throat> another rider. What are you talking about, Justin? Mitchy's the defender of the universe. Come on. Imagine Tony's in stereo. Oh my god. Alright, I gotta go poop in Hellheim.